Hello and welcome to the podcast series, Narcissism Revealed with Dr. Provo. Greetings to all of my listeners, not only around the U.S., but around the globe. With that said, let's tune in to the next episode and welcome our special guest. So up next, a self-proclaimed superwoman, and she is going to tell us a little bit about herself. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. How are you today? I am good. We are so excited to have you. Um, I'd just like you to tell the audience a little bit about who you are, your education, and your profession. Okay. So um, I am 35, Black uh, young woman. (laughs) I have a daughter, one and a half. And I am in a relationship with her father, uh, my fiance. We live in Los Angeles. I work for the school district. I work with um, slightly uh, disadvantaged youth, meaning uh, their situations are a little different. So students who are in foster care, students who are homeless, students who have been in the probation uh, system through juvenile hall and things of that sort. And I actually have my master's in clinical and social work from USC. Very impressive. But just to talk about prior to your master's, I think it was about 2007 that we met. Yes, fortunately, um, during that semester, I met Dr. Provo, and she really, really, you, (laughs) Mm -hmm. really, really supported me, I mean, educated me, but most importantly, became a confidant and a counselor and a mentor, because who knew that all hell was going to break through, break through in my life as well as far as my family and Mm -hmm. uh the dynamics of you know the structure of my mom my siblings Mm -hmm. and everything and what was happening is uh my life started changing you know due Mm -hmm. to the education and exposure and experience and I started wanting different things and you know unfortunately the the traditional or typical I should say stereotype is that oh you know when you're black or educated or you start wanting more people start start labeling it as you want to be white as if Mm -hmm. we can't just have a standard of greatness for ourselves as if we can't just want more for ourselves but that really bothered me Mm-hmm. eventually I learned to work through it and how to overcome it but um it really bothered me yeah well at this point let's back up just a little bit and tell us a little bit about the family structure um because I know you have a lot to say mm-hmm. uh about what happened in your family as you began to excel so so yes. give us a picture of your family structure and then the dynamic and we'll take off from there okay so Uh, My mother, she is adopted. She doesn't have any ties or understanding or lineage to her family, her heritage or anything of that sort. She doesn't have any family ties. Um, So there was my father who is deceased now, 
but um, my father, who was one of, I believe, seven, turned to the street life and was selling drugs, then eventually became addicted to drugs and was addicted to drugs predominantly all my life. And um, so the chaos of, and you don't understand this chaos until Mm -hmm. you get older and start Mm -hmm. your healing where you realize, wow, you know, okay, you are pretty resilient because you don't realize what it is to have an addict as a parent and also the dynamic that it plays on a mother who is enabling or involved in, you know, different forms of um, neglect and, you Mm -hmm. know, not, not abuse, but just neglect in a sense that it's pure ignorance and you can't get off the cycle of, uh, the roller coaster that you're on with my father, you know, okay. and how the how it trickles down to my brother, my eldest brother, becoming like the head of household. How many siblings are there? So there are three of us: my mom and dad. I'm the youngest, and then we also adopted my little sister, who was my cousin, was my uh, my uncle's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so- Three children, two parents. Three children. Okay. Yes. Three children, two parents, you know, and everything for the most part looked good from the outside. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, so uh-huh. it's a lot of a lot of manipulation and things like that because I definitely see now when people say from the outside looking in, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And then you have those who got close enough to really understand. Mm-hmm. Um and what, how it plays on the psyche, not, not necessarily me in the same way, but for the boys being older, what that meant for their self-esteem and their confidence and their manhood, you know, seeing mm-hmm. how that plays out. For yeah. me, um, it may be more so on the dynamics of uh, how you move through life, how you choose a partner and different experiences and things like that. Yes. And so just for me to sum it up, you're saying that there was an alcoholic father, um, an enabling mother, Mm -hmm. okay, alcoholic and drugs, drugs. and then Mm -hmm. your mom not having a previous connection in a family was Mm -hmm. more of an enabler. Um, Yes. Chaos ensued, and it Mm -hmm. really, her older brothers, Mm -hmm. um, and then there was an effect on you and your little mm-hmm. sister. And mm-hmm. so because this uh, series is about narcissists, who would you say is the narcissist in the family? <laughs> so honestly, uh, you would think it would be, and I guess to a certain extent, you would think it would be the addict, my dad, right? Mm-hmm. But really it's my mother. Okay. And, and how did that play out in the family? How did you come to that? Well, it took me a long time um, because again, you, when you're in the family, you think this is just who we are. This is just how things are. And this is just what you accept. And it wasn't until in adulthood and early in recently, really, you know, later in adulthood that I started to understand and see, wow, the manipulation behind it, you know, the, mm-hmm. the behind the scenes of, you know, 
pitting people against each other and um, the, the, the need of the desires of hers, as in uh, her desires and needs needing to be fulfilled um, through almost like playing a puppet master. You know, she wants to be needed and she wants to be the 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 person to go to know all to go to and to be able to show you, you know, tell you how to do this, this, this and this. But when you don't, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> can can yeah. you give us an example of, of something of her manipulation? You keep using the word manipulation. Can you give us an mm-hmm. example? So, um. For example, I, and like I said, more so recently, um, I will say there were there was this conversation we were having, and and I did not realize that she was having conversations with my brother and my younger sister, and I couldn't figure out why they kept talking to me the way that they were, until I asked her, "Can you please come to the table?" because I need you to hear what's being said and I need to know. And when she came to the table, it became evident. Oh, okay. They are acting like they're expressing their feelings and in defense of you, like they're defending you as if you're the victim. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, Mm -hmm. you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and she never corrected them and she never said a word in my defense. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was one of those things where you would stir the pot but hide the spoon, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and I had no idea how long that was going on until things started to reveal themselves, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I, as you think about her playing the victim and you reflect mm-hmm. back, can you mm-hmm. access some of that earlier now that you've, it, it is revealing itself? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in me being healthy, I learned that um, being a victim is a choice, but being a, and being a victor is also an option. You know, when you learn resiliency and how to overcome and when you learn, you know, how to it's that cognitive distortion coming from a broken place and not being healed and being adopted and all her childhood traumas. Now I can empathize with her with a, let's say more clinical understanding, you -hmm. know, of, of Mm -hmm. who she is and how that developed. Mm -hmm. But I will say as far as our relationship though, that it, it, I can empathize, but it it doesn't help on the trust factor. (laughs) And I think I just want to get an understanding of how it played out. Like mm-hmm. what brought you, like now you understand, now yes. your things are being revealed, but mm-hmm. what are some of the things that have impacted you emotionally? You, you say mistrust, you say mm-hmm. manipulation, and you mm-hmm. use those words. And I'm just trying to get so the audience mm-hmm. can see mm-hmm. what you mean, because someone may be going through the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so um, what really has gotten me to this point uh, was a few years ago, while I was pregnant, um, my mother, again, uh, tried to play the victim when she set me up basically to be verbally and, like, and could have been likely physically assaulted while pregnant. 
and all because of I they were losing a family property. I bought the property. I let them know that, hey, I'll do it. This is not a bailout. It can still be your home, but it's not your house. There will be new rules. There will be new developments. You know, I'll be changing things. However, um, things will be different. Um, and so, again, she started, you know, acting. I thought we were all on the same page. Coming to find out, she was going back and saying things with my with one of my brothers and and my sister. And at this time, my oldest brother had not spoken to her in years. Okay, and so I actually called him to talk to him and say, "Hey, you know, I want to share with you something that's going on, and um, you just let me know what you think about it." And coming to find out, they had experienced a lot of the same things, mm -hmm. which is why my brother had not spoken to her for years. Mm -hmm. And on, on top of his own, you know, guilt and and anger about the whole growing up with a, you know, addict father and the things he remembered being the oldest, you know, and mm -hmm. how he felt like my mom didn't protect him and things like that. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But in speaking to him, I understood like, wow, okay, so she's been manipulating and she's been, you know, like this person, but how, and everyone kept saying, how did you not see it? How did you not see it? Well, you know, I was always trying to please, you know, I was a giver. I was a giver from a very young age. And I can say, and when I say that I was a protector of my family and, and people, and I wanted to help all the time. That was just mm -hmm. my spirit from a child. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, like I said, was a, a drug addict, but he was a, 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 a IV intravenous, meaning he was, he used uh, needles. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a child, if my mom saw this, let's say, for example, you know, a needle or I didn't know what it was, but I had to be about four or five. But I remember if my mom saw this, these little water balloons, or if she saw these spoons or if she saw this needle or whatever, it would set her off. And so I remember hiding those things and getting rid of those things as a child. Um, okay. because I didn't want any, I was trying to stabilize my household at five years old, you know, mm -hmm. like I didn't want any, I just wanted today to be a peaceful, calm day. Can we not have any problems in yelling or, you know, fighting today? So I would do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so growing up in school, I always did well in school, but my mom never really came to any of, you know, and let's just say she had to work. I, I can you know, attribute it to that now because my dad couldn't provide. So she had to work. So she couldn't come to, um, a lot of my events or things like that. At one point she did work at my school, I think in elementary or middle school while she was out of work. So, you know, she was kind of present there, but we never had a close relationship, oddly. Um, I don't know why me being, and, and she says it's because she was adopted. So me, now I have a daughter and I've decided no generational traumas and curses here, you know? So I make it a yes. point to hug my daughter and tell her I love her every single day like that's we lay in the bed and cuddle and things like that and so I'm breaking those generational you know curses mm -hmm. my mom and I and as an adult I worked really hard to try to have a relationship with her um I realized that as the more education and exposure that I got 
she started to become somewhat jealous and envious of it. Uh, okay. She would say certain stuff to me. Oh, you think you all that because this or you. Oh, so you think your degrees and you know, and it's like, why are you mm-hmm. referencing stuff that I don't understand? You know, and I, I really did not understand what that meant until mm-hmm. later on, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. oh, all right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I worked really hard throughout school. I, I worked a job at the age from the age of 13 until currently forever. You know, I've always been employed. I've always done things. I started uh, and it in a sense, I have to say it, it really made me ambitious. I okay. opened up a child care at the age of 18, fresh out of high school. Mm-hmm. And at, imagine being 19 and making $100,000 a year. You know, and I was just very ambitious. And then so back in, that was uh, 2003. And so I did that. And then in 2005 and six, I started looking at different things. And like I said, by this time I'm in college, I'm figuring things out. And and my family structure starts to uh, get rocky as far as support and some of the Mm -hmm. things that's going on. Uh, coming to find out it was just built on jealousy and envy and again narcissism of you know if I change how if you change how does that benefit me and I didn't realize that where people start uh depending on you to be and care for them and cater for cater to them and they get upset when you change or things change because they're thinking about well what about me yes you know And so there's, there's several things here. There's a lot to unpack in what you said. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to peel back some of the layers uh, for the audience. So Mm -hmm. what I heard you say is you have this father who for all intents and purposes is not a provider. Mm -hmm. Then you have the mother who's trying to do the best that she can. Mm -hmm. But then you have the youngest child in the midst of the chaos Mm-hmm. of this family that's unraveling trying mm-hmm. to save the family. so you're not only trying to save the family uh emotionally as you try mm-hmm. to block the chaos and hide the needles and mm-hmm. hide the drug paraphernalia mm-hmm. but then you're also trying to save them financially so you rescue the family mm-hmm. even though there are two parents you rescue the yeah. family by purchasing the house Mm-hmm. And then starting mm-hmm. your education, and then that's when you. And I want to ask you one specific question. Uh, and mm-hmm. I want you to answer this. So, as you're gaining insight, as you're growing up, and as you're becoming educated, what do you wish? You know, what she did was said. Well, now you think you're better. Who do you mm-hmm. think you are? Tell mm-hmm. the audience what you wish she would have said as you were growing up and accomplishing things. Honestly, I I wish she could have just been present to genuinely say, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. She said it, you know, she said it in passing or, you know, like I said, we weren't affectionate. We didn't hug and stuff. So I can't really... I can't really say as, you know, in childhood, how many times she hugged me. Maybe if she was emotional she would you know Mm -hmm, if something mm -hmm. was going on or it was like oh yeah to comfort me but also to comfort her you -hmm, know mm -hmm. and that's kind of how our dynamics changed where I became her comforter and provider and I realized 
it had already happened to my eldest brother. When I say I bought the house, I was the third child to buy the house. The only one left. My oldest brother bought it with her. She refinanced, took him off. Then my middle brother bought it when he was, when she was losing it, then he started losing it. And I bought it from him when he was losing it. Okay. So yeah, generations, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, what I wish to get back to your question is just that um, I wish she could have genuinely. And I think that's the thing when I say genuinely, because I, it's not that I never heard it. It's mm-hmm. just that I never felt it. Mm-hmm. And, and what's the difference? So, what's the difference for the audience? The difference is, you know, it's, it's I say the difference is like, uh, how you doing? Good, fine versus how are you today? And somebody says, okay. you know, I'm not doing too good. And you actually take the time to listen. Okay. You know, okay. one is actually uh, where you're slowing down to really be present and care about what's happening now and to be able to feel it, you know, and live in that moment versus the other you do in passing. Okay. You know, and so a lot of things she did in passing, you know, uh, just because that was the that was the space she was in, and then also you know, mm-hmm. as as things as she got you know older, or as I got older, it was it became a me 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 thing, and I I think that part of that developed too in her own neglect. Like I said, being adopted, and her her foster uh, adopted mother was abusive. Okay, you know. So her being abusive and then you get in a relationship where he's not physically abusing you, but it mimics abuse and chaos, you know? Yes. And it, it also mimics the neglect because exactly. if he's a drug addict and an alcoholic, yes. he's neglecting uh-huh. the emotional part it's of the, the, same of the relationship. Yes, Exactly. It will yeah. register the same. And I think that's where having the kids in part, you know how I get it now where people have kids to be their comfort and to cater to them. Like, oh, well, this will be someone to love me. And, but you don't realize the pressure that you put on your kids now, like me, to perform. I always wanted to perform well. My middle brother, he turned to, to drinking. He's a clown, you know, great person. He's a functional alcoholic though. You know, mm-hmm. my oldest yes. brother, anger. Straight okay. black belt, da, da, da. He used he he uses sublimation you know in order to so now that he's older though it took him to get older in his 40 well let's say 30s before he started learning hey I'm angry but instead of doing this this and this let me go to the boxing gym okay Okay. you know Mm -hmm. so so you can see the different aspects exactly the children yeah, me and I will say for me, it's, it's the pressure. I've always been very, I don't want to say rigid, but I'm hard on myself. I believe in doing well, setting high standards. Um, if I get an A, I'm thinking about how I could have done better. If I get a B, I'm thinking about how I could have done better. You know, if I, mm-hmm. I pass the test with an 80 something and you only needed a 60 something, but I'm still thinking about how I could have did better. You know, and so and then that's my thing, the pressure and things that I put on myself to perform. And I can even even in my relationships, 
You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and I have to check myself on not being the surface clown on performing in this relationship, you know, and yes. I, I try to stick to my authenticity and where I'm at now. Well, great. You seem to be more authentic now. Where is it that your rescuing stopped and your healing began? My healing started the break of my family. Okay. So once you let go of being the rescuer. Yes. Just in that one situation, I'm selling that house. It began your healing process. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so we're going to wrap it up. And this is what I want you to share with us. Okay. So as your healing began, because you finally released the responsibility Mm -hmm. of carrying um, an entire family, actually. Yes. Where are you now? Where are you now with uh, your mother? Uh, and what's your label for her? What What did you finally come to? Yeah. And where well, is the relationship now? Um, I will say where I'm at is free. I'm free. I made sure I said everything I needed to say to be free. Um, we don't have a relationship. I don't talk to my middle brother. I don't talk to my younger sister. I don't talk to my mother. Mother's Day has just passed. Out of, I don't know, I guess what might still be a part of what I feel like is the obligation. I sent her a happy Mother's Day text. It wasn't heartfelt. It literally said happy Mother's Day. Enjoy your day. You know, um, but if, if, it, if I just went off of how I felt and where we are, I wouldn't have even sent that. We do not have a relationship. And it's, it's crazy that I actually have peace with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't have relationship. Mm-hmm. And share with us, just as we wrap this up, some of those adjectives. You're free. You're mm-hmm. at peace. Give mm-hmm. us more. I'm free. I'm at peace. I'm thriving. I'm resilient. Mm -hmm. I'm loving the life I'm living. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm loving my babies. Uh, God has put people in my life to help me care for my baby. You know, people think if you don't have family, you don't have anything. And I've been provided a whole new family. And so I'm blessed. Excellent. 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 Wow. What a story, and but what an ending. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, you know, of course, it's not over. You have another generation. An ending to a new beginning. Yes, yes. an ending <laughs> to a new beginning. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just want to thank you for coming on the show uh, and really being so honest. I mean, the things that you said took a lot of courage for you to say. Um yeah. And and I just appreciate it because there's somebody out there that is struggling with their immediate family. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of that. We don't see it because we're Mm -hmm. we're, we're not behind closed doors. I think uh, your honesty is really going to help people who are struggling because what we don't realize is that you're grown. You're you're, you're in your 30s and you were still family and everybody's Mm -hmm. older than you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the insight that you have and what you share with us, I'm really grateful. And uh, we're going to stay on the call after this and do a brief debriefing session. But uh, just uh, thank you. And 
audience. We're going to say goodbye and you can just say goodbye to the audience. Thank you so much for having me and peace and blessings to you all. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening. And for more information about narcissism, you can follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Until the next episode, stay safe and healthy. Bye-bye.